The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, believe it or not, there was good news tonight. As the Royals score five runs, which is the same amount they had scored the last four games combined. So that's always a good thing. The Royals score some runs. The bad news? They've now lost eight games in a row. They wasted three home runs, 12 hits, and only somehow scoring five runs. They also got those five runs and 11 hits off of Chris Sale and wasted that. Plus, Ian Kennedy's ERA is now up to 4.06. So there's too many negatives tonight, unfortunately, to talk about. It's Davo, and I'm glad you're along. However, either way, to talk some Royals baseball here on a late-night Friday edition of your Dish Clubhouse Conversation, where we will look at the next two games coming up with some pitching adjustments made by both clubs. We'll talk about all about that coming up here in a few minutes as well as break this one down. And also want to let you know before we get started here, in case you don't listen to the whole thing, sometimes I tell what's coming up at the end of these, and in case people don't listen to the very end, a couple of things I want to do some house cleaning here before we get started on this one. Number one, the 2016 Major League Draft, of course, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we will have several of the top 10 rounders joining us in the next few days here on Clubhouse Conversation and get to know several of the guys that the Royals have drafted. I already have about four commits on that, so plenty of the top 10 rounders coming up here on Clubhouse Conversation. Also, we'll be attending uh, the benefit tomorrow night for Safe Home, which uh, is trying to end uh, you know, severely dent the cycle that is domestic violence, which is obviously a horrible thing in this country. That's tomorrow night with Alex and Jamie Gordon of the Royals. Uh, I'll be attending that benefit. So I'll be leaving shortly after the game ends tomorrow afternoon. So I will not have time for a dish tomorrow. So we'll be back with you again on Sunday. So no dish tomorrow, just a heads up right now. But let's get to this one, and we'll talk about the next two. Player of the game, obvious, Eric Hosmer. Hosmer, two home runs, took Chris Sale deep. Back-to-back ABs. I love seeing the opposite field home run. Haas almost did it his third at bat on the sack fly, getting one nearly to the warning track out there in left. Eric Hosmer overall, yeah, two home runs, three RBIs. Now has 12 on the year. First inning, fourth inning. Back-to-back home runs for Haas off of Chris Sale, who also was taken deep by Salvador Perez, his eighth home run of the season in the sixth inning. So nice to see that from Salvi. Nice to see the Royals hit Chris Sale pretty well. But while they hit three home runs and got 12 hits in this game, 11 of those coming against Mr. Sale, who has looked much more human his last few starts, is getting the strikeout numbers, but is not mowing guys down like he has. You know, regression was coming. We knew that with XFIP and some of the other stats you look at, the advanced stats. But... Unfortunately, the Royals strand seven in this game. They go one for six with runners in scoring position and just waste a nice offensive effort pretty much up and down the entire lineup. Let's go through it here. Eski and Merrifield flip-flop in the rebuilt lineup, by the way, and Kane and Hosmer flip-flop. Interesting. Don't really know that that makes a huge difference. I think getting Escobar out of the top six in this lineup could make a difference. I don't know that it really makes much of a difference, though. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Obviously, you want Merrifield to get an at-bat guaranteed over Escobar. And obviously, you want Hosmer right now to get an at-bat guaranteed over Kane. And as long as those three of those four guys are in your top four, it really doesn't matter. However, you might at some point want to look at moving Escobar down in your lineup, which is probably coming in the near future. This is probably a step towards that. But who knows? We'll see what happens. 
But Merrifield continues to hit. Let's start there. Because that's how he rolls, man. All he does is hit. Breaking Johnny Damon's club record already. Extending that for beginning his Royals career getting on base every single game. Tonight, two for five with a double and a run. Nice bunt attempt there in the ninth inning that just about got things going for the Royals. Just barely misplacing that perfectly, although it's never a good thing giving away two of your last six outs on bunts. Paulo Orlando tried the same thing in the eighth inning. But, you know, also for Witt, an outfield assist, his second of the season in the seventh inning. So nice to see that. A guy who doesn't have the best outfield arm in the world, you know, might be below average out there. But the accuracy is definitely there. The release is there. The hustle is there. He'll put himself in position to always make the plays, which is why he's not an everyday corner outfielder, but a guy that can play out there a couple of times a week as well as, you know, all over the infield with his natural position being second base. Eskey one for five with an RBI single through the hole between short and third there. Eric Hosmer, like we said, two for four, two jacks, three RBIs. Kane, two for four. Salvi, two for four with an HR. Paulo, one for three with a walk, the only Royals walk. 11 Ks, one walk. Goes without saying, that's not good. That's not optimal. Although 11 Ks and a walk, and you still, you know. But then again, you know, had you not had, you know, 11 Ks, you would have scored more than five runs with those 12 hits. Now, and I, and I sent a tweet out you know, early in the game at Royals Clubhouse saying, had you told me that the Royals would hit three home runs and have 12 hits tonight, I would have put my mortgage on the fact they'd have more than five runs. I mean, think about it. Someone told you before the game the Royals will have three home runs and 12 hits. How many runs would you guess that equates to? you got to assume at least the home runs get you five runs, right? If you hit three home runs, you got to assume that's five runs right there. Yeah, one of them might have been a solo, but you got to figure a couple of them are two run shots, or maybe one's a three and one's a solo. That equals five. Either way, you got to assume that's five right there on three home runs and 12 hits. You got to think that's a couple, three more. I would have said minimum seven, eight runs if you told me the Royals had three home runs and 12 hits. But thanks to only getting one walk and thanks to striking out all that many times, the Royals didn't get more than five runs, which on one hand is a good night to score five in a game that Chris Sale pitches, but on another, you feel like the Royals blew a lot of chances. And the offense still felt fairly impotent, even though the numbers weren't awful outside of K to BB. Cologne back in the nine hole after coming back up two for four with a run. But the glaring, uh, there's several holes in the lineup right now. And, well, you know, the most glaring one to me right now is obviously like Kendris Morales, but the secondary one would be Alcides Escobar, just because he gets so many at bats. You move him down to the nine hole, even the seven hole. And it's not that big of a deal. You can live with it because of his defense, and you know he'll hit a little bit better than this. And when he gets on, he can you know swipe a bag. But the Royals have got to get Escobar down in the lineup. You know we're past the point of swinging at the first pitch working. You know the Royals are not you know they're a 500 baseball team at the moment, so the winning is not there with him. Maybe you move him back to leadoff later to try to get that you know secret recipe back for winning but I, I think you're to the point where you've got to move him down by the next homestand if the Royals don't get out of Chicago with the next two then when they come home against Cleveland I want to see Escobar down in the probably the seven hole which is kind of an odd place to put a light hitting shortstop I get that but right now the Royals six through nine seven through nine is full of light hitting players so it really doesn't matter at that point I, I'd prefer more of an, a quote-unquote action guy like a Dyson hitting ninth who can you know, I guess Escobar is kind of an action guy in theory, too, but I don't know. Anyway, that's a different discussion for a different day. But, you know, besides that, you know, combined 0 for 8 tonight for Cuthbert and Morales, five strikeouts. 0 for 8 with five Ks for Cuthbert and Morales. Just not going to get it done. And we don't want to pick on Cuthbert too much because right now at this point in his career, he's not an everyday major league third baseman. Defensively, he is. 
He's ready defensively. At the plate, though, it's just not there. And you look at the minor league numbers, and th- this is why I kind of tried to calm people down about him about a month ago. You know, and he came up swinging the hot bat, and he was good. And he's, and he, you know, he's a good young player. He's got potential. Has got, you know, a lot, a lot of upside. The way that glove is, if he can add a little bit more power and get a little bit better offensively, he, he could be a good, you know, a, a slightly above average, I would say, major league third baseman overall. Slightly above just because, you know, at the corners, you'll want more home run power than he offers. I think 12 is his career high in the minor leagues. I'll have to go back and check that, but I believe I'm 90% sure it's 12. You know, that doesn't profile. You're not going to hit double-digit home runs in the major leagues. I mean, you better play near gold glove third base, which he does. But if you're not going to hit home runs, you got to be able to get on base at a decent clip. And right now, it's not happening for him. And it's not his fault. He's brought up because of injury and forced to play every day because of injury. I really think Cuthbert could use another half a season in Omaha. And if this continues for another week or two, I think the Royals will have to make that move. You know, whether it be add somebody outside the organization, whether it be move Merrifield to third more often and start Cologne, whether it be... Give Hunter Dozier a look. I mean, you do have a few options, but we'll see what happens. I'm not ready to. I'm not giving up on Cuthbert. I think he's got a, a bright future, but I think it may be time for him to get a little bit more time in Omaha in the near future. But the positive thing is his defense, like I keep saying, has come so much in the last two years, it's unreal. So if his bat can even improve 20% as much as his defense has, he can be a very useful above average major league third baseman and a possibility as the heir apparent to Moose in a couple of seasons. But for now, OPSing 619, and going down in a hurry, the bat just getting knocked out of his hand. It doesn't look like a major league hitter right now. So, and again, that's like, that's not a huge deal if guys like Kendrys Morales are doing their job. You know, some of the more established guys in this lineup, if Esky's hitting a little bit better, if Gordon's not hurt, if Moose isn't hurt, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, it wouldn't be magnified, obviously. Kind of like Infante, you know, although his was magnified because the defense was so bad. If he was still making the plays on defense, he'd probably still be in the lineup most days. But, you know, that has been sailed and done at this point. Kendry's OPS is just 592, probably a month away from being on the bench. I don't see him as a, as a DFA candidate just because you don't want somebody else picking him up. If, you, if you're in it this year, Kendry's, if the Royals somehow drop out of this, he is the classic guy the Royals will trade in July. If. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's only about a 20% chance the Royals tank. If somehow they do tank, he would be a guy you'll trade the deadline because somebody will give you a lottery ticket for him, and then you can get a young player some at-bats at DH in August and September if you are out of it. So he would be the, the kind of guy a, a team would look to add as, as a pinch hitter off the bench or a fringe wildcard contender might want him and give you a lottery ticket A-ball arm. That's you know, otherwise, you know, either either he gets it going and he probably really does need to if the Royals are going to get where they need to be. If he doesn't start hitting... It's going to be tough for this lineup because you don't have Moose back. Alex is still a couple weeks away. The Royals, you know, the holes. The, we talked about how the hole had been starting to be dug a couple of weeks ago. Then the Royals got the, the the soil filled back in, and we're back on even footing after that six and zero homestand. And now the hole is being dug again. So I mean, it's just there's not a lot of room margin for error. I mean, by the time Alex gets back, we could be in big trouble if some of these guys don't start hitting. So really, the two options. There's three options with Kendrys. Either he starts hitting really well, and this team gets hot, because that will coincide for sure. Second option being he doesn't perform very well, and some other guys get hot. Kane starts hitting better. Escobar starts hitting better. You know, the lineup's shuffled. Some guys get hot, and maybe Merrifield, you know, maybe Morales becomes a pinch hitter. And if you're in it, you just keep him on the bench, mainly. Or you tank, and you trade him in July. Those are the options. I I don't see any way the Royals DFA him. Had a tweet about that at Royals Clubhouse. I don't see that as a possibility with him. Those are the three possibilities of Kendry's. DFA is not for him. Now, Infante, different story. He could be DFA'd. 
the fact that the Royals bring up Christian Colon and Infante hasn't seen the field since the Thursday night debacle in Cleveland says a lot. And gosh, how how bad does that hurt losing that game now? 0 and 8 in the freaking road trip. And that was that was the start of it. Infante hasn't seen the field, man. So who knows what's happening with that? We know Dylan G is up with the Royals. What does that mean? You've already gotten rid of Cruz, so you don't ha- you can't send a catcher down. You can't send an arm down once Ventura goes, you know, once his appeal is eventually I think the Royals will probably just have him drop the appeal after he pitches on Sunday and start the suspension because either way, if it goes, they're not going to drop it below six or seven. Either way, he's only going to miss one start. So maybe you just have him started at that point and just get it over with. And yeah, you might. Uh, the, the, the league's not going to drop Ventura's suspension. If they do, it's like one game. You may as well just freaking have him started after Sunday before they. Th- that way, you can pick and choose when you begin the suspension. That way, you don't have them say four days from now. You know, it's going to be nine. You have to start now. Because once they come back with the ruling, he has to begin suspension that day, the next day. So you'd rather, on your own terms, start the suspension where you can get your rotation lined up. And I think the Royals probably will do that. So you've got Dylan G up here. So my point in all this being, you got to figure either Colon or Infante are getting shipped out, right? Because, you know, if you're down one pitcher for eight, nine days, you can't ship out a pitcher. And you've got Dylan G in Chicago with a team right now. So what's the move to be made? You can't ship out a pitcher. And who are you going to ship down? I mean, I guess you could send Fuentes down. That's a possibility. Go with one less outfielder, only have one backup, you know, because you got Witt that can play everywhere. So I guess that's a possibility. But I would think either Cologne or maybe Infante. I don't think it's going to be Infante, though. I just don't see the Royals DFAing him right now. Just don't see that happening. You know, it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a big cost to sink that for a year and a half when you've got a year and a half left in that deal. A guy who's a mentor to Eski. Again, a guy you don't, you know, if, if you lose another middle infielder, you're really getting low on depth. You could need him an outside chance to play a little bit. Not to mention, you know, I guess there's still a fear that you're paying him and he goes somewhere else and turns it around. But I don't think there's any way at this point. I think Morales, there's still a, a good chance he hits this season and could hit somewhere else. I mean, the Twins thought he was done. They stuck a fork in him, and look what he did with the Royals. So I think Morales, is that's a guy you don't want to DFA no matter what because it could come back to bite you. I don't see how Infante could. Anyway, I'm off track again. I'm just kind of going through roster scenarios here. But, you know, with all the offensive stuff talked about, and, and then they're struggling, guys. they got to start hitting the ball soon. I mean, the, the rotation's been bad. It has. The bullpen's been better this year. Everything else has regressed, though, besides the bullpen. The defense has gotten noticeably worse, If you both stat-wise and if you watch both the eye. It's noticeable. The most noticeable guy in the field to me that's taken a step back this year is Lorenzo Cain. He is not the same player. He, he, at this point in the year, he is an average defensive center fielder. I can say that this year. Last year, I thought he was the best in Major League Baseball, and I watch this team every day. I watch a lot of baseball. I've got you know, at bat, extra innings at home so I can watch all the games, flip around. Big fantasy baseball guy. So I watch a lot of baseball, and Lorenzo Cain is, is not better than a defensive average player right now, which is re- really weird. You know, I, I think he's banged up more than we know, which is something to keep in mind, too, as you go forward and move towards a contract with him this offseason and or after next year when he hits free agency. Although I think, you know, I think his future probably is in right field here in about two years. Which is fine. I mean, look at Torrey Hunter, but he was 40 in right field. I think Kane's got a good five years left in him. So a guy the Royals definitely could consider re-signing. Again, a different topic for a different day. But the point being, the offense is going to start scoring some runs. The defense is still above league average. It's still still a very good defense for the Royals. I'm just saying they've regressed everywhere except for the bullpen. The starting pitching is just awful right now. It's a dumpster fire. The offense might be worse than that if that's possible. And injuries is a big part of that, but you got to figure out a way to to make it work. Shuffle the deck a little bit, bring some guys up, maybe make a move or two. But I, I'm to the point right now where I don't want the Royals to make a move because 
Let's see where they're at. They've got too many holes to fill right now. You've only got enough guys. I mean, you've got enough guys where you could make three, four trades, but you do that, you completely depleted your system. You can't deplete it anymore. Maybe one move. If you're in it, maybe you go make one more big move this year. The problem is now the Royals, it's too early to make moves. Guys are going to want too much in return, different GMs, because most teams haven't punted the season yet, and everyone's, and they, and they want to wait till the last second and see what else they'll get offered and take the best deal. So you have to really blow somebody away to make a deal this early. So you can't make a move now, A, because of that reason, and B, you don't know that you'll even be in this thing. I mean, the Royals are, are too many, have too many holes right now to go out and make a trade. What are you going to do? You're going to find three starting pitchers, a third baseman, a corner outfielder, you know, maybe another arm in the bullpen. I mean, you just you can't go out and make six moves. So unless, you know, when Alex gets back, that would help. When, uh, you know, unless Kendry starts hitting, Eski gets a little bit better. I mean, you got to hope some guys start producing. Young has got to get better, you know, through up and down. Kennedy's got to be better. Volquez, Ventura. There's just too many holes right now to even make moves. So we'll see. You know, if the Royals get to July and they're still in this thing, then you can talk about it. But another tweet about that, you know, when will the Royals make a trade? Hopefully not anytime soon. At least anything of... Big value. Ian Kennedy, though, five and two thirds tonight, seven runs on nine hits, four home runs. This is like a replay of the Chris Young start the other day. One K and one walk for Ian Kennedy. Last seven starts for Kennedy, one and three with a 5.18 ERA. And his ERA now for the season is 4.08. So he has gone from sitting at 303 about six starts ago up well over a run. And this is in the span of less than a month. I mean, he's, you know, and and I get it. I mean, it's still early enough where numbers will move quite a bit for another three, four, five starts before they kind of get what they are. But he's got to be better than this. You know, you, you need the 190 plus innings and you need him to be in the three, five range. You can't have him north of four. That's obvious. So the Royals are in trouble now, right? Overall, we're back to 500. Very likely going to come home at 1-9 and nine on this road trip. At this point, I would just... If, if you told me you could either play the two games and see what happens, or you can come home with one win, split the next two and come home, I would just freaking come home at this point. Come home at exactly 500. Take the split. Don't risk going 0-10 on this road trip. Because 0-10 on this road trip is going to be a tough thing to recover from. And I know you've got a lot more home games coming up and throughout the rest of the season, and they're in the middle of their toughest stretch left in the season. But, you know, Cleveland wins again tonight. Got the four-plus, whatever it is, four, four-and-a-half. I don't really look at, again, until about August, I don't really pay attention that closely to games back. I just know the Royals are about four behind them. The Royals need to be eight, ten games over five hundred at the All-Star break. Six, at least six. So, they, you know, they're okay right now if, if they start playing again. But, my gosh, it's like a bipolar team. The first few weeks, you think they're the World Series team still. And Ned Yost is talking about – it reminds him of his Atlanta days when his teams would just show up and, and get through the year to live to get to the playoffs. They kind of had this assuming attitude that they were going to win the division. And there's no doubt about that. You can go back and look at the quotes. Then they you know, tank it, but then they come back and get hot even with all the injuries. Now they're tanking it again. It's like up, down, up, down. It's like you know, surfing. So let's hope one of those big waves, let's hope we're at the bottom or about to go back up now and catch one, man. My gosh, Danny Duffy, Carlos Quintana tomorrow. So Chris Young was originally supposed to start for the Royals on Saturday, and Matt Latos was originally supposed to start for the White Sox on Sunday. Latos DFA'd, so he's not even on the team anymore. They also uh, made another DFA with Jimmy Rollins, so the White Sox starting to ship out guys and make moves. So that sets up Danny Duffy, Carlos Quintana. Nice move by the Royals to make sure that they – don't 
you know, to maximize their their best starting pitchers. It's, I mean, it, you can say it's an obvious move, which it kind of is, but it's not something the Royals have always done in the past. So I like seeing that. Danny Duffy, Carlos Quintana, Duffy 1-1, one one, a 3-3-5, has now all of a sudden become the most reliable starter in this rotation. A guy who has told the Royals the last couple of years he'll do either, but he prefers the bullpen. I know that for a fact. People have tweeted me and said, how do you know that? That's not public knowledge. Well, I'm, I, I know it for a fact, all right? He is a guy who prefers the bullpen. Who's asked to be in the bullpen, but you know, and, and I thought would go right back there because I assume Mike Miner be joining the team pretty soon. I, I didn't know Young and Medlin would get hurt. You know, I thought Young would be better when he came back. On and on. So not a guy that I thought would be a long-term rotation candidate. I'd pretty much thought the ship had sailed on Duffy as a starter. Hopefully, I'm very wrong about that because if, if I am, that's a big thing. Because that that would be you know you've got like the five or six holes we talk about. Danny Duffy becoming a you know a good starting pitcher every five days would be a giant hole to fill and get you closer to even footing, especially with Alex Gordon coming back and some of the other things that are coming up here soon. Mike Miner hopefully joining the team in a couple of weeks if he can get healthy and when he gets the rehab going again, starts the clock over. So anyway, Duffy and Quintana. Duffy saw Chicago. That was the infamous perfect game into six where Ned left him in a couple of hitters too long, one for sure. Gave up the grand slam to Melky Cabrera. Duffy passed his pitch limit for that night. Royals down by two with Hochev already in the pen, and then Ned lets him in. He leaves him in to face Todd Frazier, who was leading the league in home runs at that point before Trumbo overtook him. And of course, Frazier, who matches lefties against a tired pitcher, took him deep. And anyway, that was that game. Um, but Duffy, I mean, a tough luck loser. Oh my God, two runs on five hits in at Baltimore, nine Ks and no walks the other night in Baltimore. So Duffy comes in with some big time momentum in this game. I like him tomorrow. I do. Um, I, I feel like tomorrow is the Royals' best chance to, to get a game. I, I'm not confident at all on Sunday. I think Ventura has become a dumpster fire. I don't think uh, I think he's mechanically out of whack, physically out of whack, and obviously mentally out of whack. And he's got a suspension looming. The White Sox will try to get in his head. The crowd will be on him because you know they have some history. Him and Adam Eaton in the in the White Sox do. You gotta win tomorrow. You're 0 and 8. You're facing Quintana, I'm aware. Quintana, though, does. XFIP's been telling this for a while. I love the XFIP stat. If you don't understand it, Google it. It kind of just tells you what a pitcher should be at, adjust some things with ballparks. It's hard to explain it. I don't even 110% grasp it. I'm 98% grasping it. I've been looking at the stat for about two years now. It's a newer stat anyways. But Google XFIP and look it up if you haven't. And spend some time with Fangrass and some other places. A guy at Quintana who you knew regression was coming. But he's still what he is pretty much every game. The last few years, 200 innings like on the nose every single year. You're going to get seven innings, and he'll give up two to three runs pretty much every time out there. But last time out, the Tigers got him pretty good. Four and two-thirds, five runs on nine hits. The Royals have been pretty good throughout recent times as well. KC saw him on May 20th and got four runs off of him in six and a third with eight hits. So got to find a way to get that game tomorrow because Ventura versus TBD on Sunday with Latos being DFA the White Sox as of right now. Have not announced their starter. So Ventura, <clears throat> with that 5.42 ERA, his final start, I would assume, before the suspension. Six runs, his last start, four and a third. Has seen Chicago twice this year. Been okay against them. First time, six innings, three runs of the K. Sorry, that was in Chicago. Second time at the K, seven innings, six runs. <clears throat> Don't let the Royals at all on Sunday. Got to find a way to, to scratch out four runs off of Quintana tomorrow, and Duffy's got to be good. I mean... You need a starting pitcher. But the sad thing is, like we heard, you know, we heard Rex Heather on the broadcast tonight say, "You need a starting pitcher to to be the man." And I mean, they have in this trip. Look at Duffy, the nine Ks and six plus innings, giving up two runs, and that even wasn't enough. I mean, you go through, you had a great night in Cleveland and their defense, and 
you know, gave it away, and I don't know. It's just a frustrating time right now for the Royals. Hang in there, though. The Royals are still at 500. I'm not, I'm not ready to pump the season by any stretch, guys. I, I still think the Royals are in it, in this thing. Plenty of time, but again, there, there's not much they can do right now other than hope that the guys they have here produce because there aren't really too many guys that are too many more guys. I mean, Hunter Dozier to me would be the next, the next big thing to get here. I mean, getting Eibner back could help. Getting Gordon back will help, but I mean, if if, if Cuthbert struggles for another week or two, you got to consider Dozier. I think. And are you rushing him? Probably not. This is probably the year you expected him to be up in Kansas City when you drafted him, realistically, and up here every day playing somewhere on the field or pushing his way. And he finally is, but you, you just wonder, is it too is it too quick for him to jump from double A and then only spend about a month and a half in triple A and then end up in the big leagues right away? I don't think so. I think he's got enough at bats approaching, I think, 1,300, 1,200 minor league at bats. He's probably getting to the point where he's you know, mid-20s and, and ready to play, hopefully. So we'll see what happens. But there's not a lot of things the Royals can really do until they decide they're officially in this thing. So they get back an even footing from the guys internally getting them back there. And, and, of course, until other teams have the trade market established and don't ask for the moon in a deal. So we'll see what happens. Again, tomorrow night, no dish. Uh, we'll be back with you, though, coming up on Sunday. And also Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we'll be looking for plenty of interviews here from the 2016 Royals draft picks. Have a good night. Go Royals.